listening to Mastering Retention, presented by UserWise. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to today's episode of the Mastering Retention podcast. Um, super excited for today's podcast. It's a super special episode. Uh, first and foremost, I'm wearing my, you know, free... Uh, Epic Games shirt that I got for Fortnite several years ago, back when we could actually go to GDC. So fun times, but even more exciting, we've got David Molnar on, and we're going to do something we've never done on the podcast before, which is delving into another person's game and just like examining it completely inside out, specifically focusing on live ops. But I think we're going to get into things like matchmaking and all sorts of things. And that game, of course, is League of Legends Wild Rift. Um, so David, before we do that, uh, I'd love to just hear a little bit, you know, what's your story? How did you get into games and, and where you're at today? Sure. Um, so right now I am in, in Canada, Square Enix, Montreal, but how did I get here? So, uh, very briefly, I am from Hungary and I always loved playing games and I was like, let's go to Canada. I had my cousin, uh, living in, in, uh, in, uh, in Montreal. And I had a little help. I had a place to stay. I arrived here. Uh, my first job in the industry. Um, it was actually I worked on uh, on the, on the League of Legends website. I was doing the localization for the for, for League of Legends for Riot Games. Uh, from there, from localization, I started to move towards QA, and then at the same time, I was studying business intelligence. And on the sideline, I was studying psychology. And uh, from there, I was doing a little bit of game data analytics. And then uh, I, from, from there, I started to do live ops management uh, at Behavior. And now uh, I am part of the Scronix Montreal team as a live ops manager. Wow. So you worked on League of Legends a little bit. Now, did you play the, the PC version of the game at all? At the time, uh, to be Quiet, honest with you, uh, I didn't like MOBAs, <laughs> but everyone, like I was, I was there, you know, just to make sure the website is as as good enough for Hungarian people, and they can they can read what's the new content, what are what are the esports events uh, that were like the main focus of Riot Games at the time. Yeah, but around me, everyone just loved the game. Everyone was playing, and at work, we just we had options i mean we had opportunities to play the game uh, and i sucked at the game so i was like i have to uh, pick up the pace with the guys around me because i don't like to lose and i was getting wrecked every time and you know the people around me were all like super competitive and nobody wanted me on their team i was like guys (laughs) that's not a good feeling so uh, I started to play uh, and study League of Legends. When I say study, like I went home, I started to play, play more, play more. And uh, I got into the game and I invested way too much time into this game uh, in my free time. Like I worked on League of Legends <laughs> and then I played League of Legends at home for multiple hours. Oh man, I, I love that. Yeah, I... I think one of my friends introduced me to League of Legends and man, I, I remember I, I like played my first game and, and back then this was like in college. So it had to be like late 
late 2000s uh, or like early 2010, 2011, basically right when it was coming out, probably 2009, you know, they didn't have a first time user, you know, tutorial or anything like you just kind of like started playing. And man, looking back, I was like so mad. We were playing against the guy who was playing as Rise and he probably had like 30 kills that game because, you know, every time I try to get him, he'd like run up under his turret. And I'd get so mad because the turret started shooting me or get mad because he was coming out of the jungle. I was like, you can't do that. Um, You know, all these silly, silly mistakes. So I got wrecked that first game. But very quickly, I I got pretty good. I played that game way more than I'd like to admit. Probably like (laughs) two, three thousand hours worth of like, you know, gameplay in there and stuff like thousands of games. But I got I got pretty good, you know, in college. I, I got up to, you know, Platinum League. Never could quite top that. Uh, my legal, my little brother got into like challenger league and could have gone professional. Uh, he decided to go the route of, uh, building games. Uh, so he's at Activision now, but, uh, very, very talented. I, I realized I don't have his, uh, hand-eye coordination for, for the next level, but, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that game. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's that competitive drive that just, you know, orients people to it. And in my mind, like that was free to play for me. Like, I I feel like they defined free to play. And then, you know, you have obviously mobile games where they're making lots of money and such. And it's more of like a pay to win style thing or or pay to progress, I guess you should say, if you think about Clash of Clans and stuff that came later. But yeah, League of Legends defined free to play for me in my mind. And I think that's always been why I've been reticent to like have to pay. I love how they like implemented the really like player first, completely optional monetization where like I could spend months mastering a a champion before I finally decide to like pay out for a skin. So I I always loved about that. That, that, that's what Riot games are doing with League of Legends. Anyone can play the game. It's like, I I always compare it like football or basketball. Like this, this game just puts you in the flow uh, with the moment you start playing the game. Um, there's a there's room for improvements. Uh, there's no two games that is the same. It always provides you challenge. You have to do your best to win. So what did you think when you heard that League of Legends was going to come to mobile? Because, you know, I, I know for a long time they were really reticent to do that. And, and in some ways, Tencent kind of stole their stuff for, for creating Honor of Kings, right? Um, so, yeah, well, what did you think when you heard that it was coming to mobile? Yeah, but I know for sure. Uh, so when I worked at this third-party QA uh, company, uh, and I was uh, handling the, the League of Legends localization, um, like there was a few games uh, on mobile, and the mobile industry started to mobile video game industry started to boom. Um, we constantly asked the riot guys, like, what's happening uh, with with, with mobile League of Legends and they didn't even want to talk about it. I'm not saying they didn't want to talk about it, but it was like, the question was quickly dismissed because um, it was just not their priority at the time. So when, when I heard League of Legends is moving to, um, or coming to uh, mobile, at first I was like, really? Uh, quite surprised, um, but I guess they had no choice. Uh, when I say they had no choice, they always have a choice because they are very popular. They are still among the top games on PC. But as a business, uh, I think they had to make a move. Um, they had to make and port 
they had to port the game on, on mobile to make extra revenue and open uh, the doors for a different audience, which is the mobile, uh, mobile game player audience. Yeah. So what was your first reaction to actually opening up and playing the game? Like, was it everything you were expecting? Was it different in some ways, better, worse? What was your experience like? Yeah, if I try to remember uh, a couple of months ago when I, when, I, when I downloaded the game, and I was very excited to play it because I was like, let's see what these guys did because I loved what they were doing on PC, how the game is on PC. Let's see how the game looks like. And, and if you play the game, like I did on PC, it was an extremely smooth transition. You know the characters, the, the abilities are the same. Um, the controls, um, that was the big question for me, like how these guys solve the controls. Uh, the first, like, how do you move the character? I think that's, that's, that's well, like, pretty smooth. Like, I have no issue with that. Um, the, uh, I was curious about how you attack champions because you have to tap at the same time the abilities and then you have to tap on the, the, the target the champ to, to, to select the right champion uh, from the opponent like, that you want to tar- target. And it was super smooth. It, 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 I was just like back into League of Legends and up until today, uh, I think I play much more League of Legends mobile than I'm supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to have to like uninstall the game. I, I played it so much that my wife was like, uh, why are you playing that game so much? I was like, well, I'm, I'm getting ready for a podcast. And she was like, really? I think this is going a little bit beyond that. Um, yeah, it's it's so addicting. Do you use so you know in the tutorial they teach you all these things where you can like highlight and and like drag to which champion you want to like a- attack and stuff. Like, do, do you use any of those uh, controls for like the targeting and stuff? Well, it depends on uh, which which champion I play. Uh, I don't play many characters uh, on the mobile version. Uh, when you play a melee champion like Master Yi. Um, there is not much targeting. Basically, you just go towards a, a specific character, <laughs> and you press the you press the ability, and your your champion is gonna jump towards oh. the opponent. And they also did, I think, very well uh, the uh, the auto targeting. So let's say there are two champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the 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 system, the computer understands well, like what you want to target. Usually, it jumps for the opponent with the lower health, so you get the kill faster than if you start attacking the champion, the opponent with full HP. Yeah, I think the only time, so I I never really feel like I have the time or the capability to like actually drag to the champion I want. Um, and I would say like ninety five. Maybe 99% of the time, the auto-targeting is just like brilliant and knows what I want. Sometimes it will attack the wrong minion. Um, and then like there's been like one instance where I was playing, there was like a Nasus who would be super tanky and followed behind him would be like the, the less tanky vein or whatnot. And for some reason, my auto-targeting, no matter what I could do, would always like favor Nasus. And meanwhile, like Vayne is coming in and like shooting us and I could never like switch to Vayne. Um, and I think we ended up winning the game, but like it was frustrating, like a couple encounters where I died because Vayne was shooting me and I couldn't shoot a Vayne where I'd like smoked her early in the game. Um, but, you know, outside of that, like the auto targeting, like 
it just knows like this is the minion you want to shoot this is the champion you want to shoot like this is what's going on and it is so 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 good i i'm just blown away by how good the auto targeting is um one thing that i could add to the auto targeting i think the same as you I, it's brilliant but so, sometimes I, I i think it's a bug or maybe there's room for improvement um, when two uh, opponents, it happened to me when two opponents were at the same HP level, it was, I would have preferred to attack the squishy champion, which is like the ADC versus the support who was a super tank. Right, yeah. And I was like, I, it, I flashed after the, um, the ADC, I was like, okay, maximum two, uh, two shots. Yep. And if I'm lucky, I get a crit, critical hit, it's one shot. Yeah. And he started to attack the, um, oh, no. the, the support. <laughs> And it's super frustrating, and, and I died. And you know, you're just yeah. back, back, back to the base for I don't know, uh, 30, for, 40, 40 seconds, seconds yeah. late game. And it can change the entire game, especially if you're the AD carry on the game. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is uh, super interesting. So, you know, within the realm of like a MOBA like this, how important do you think that auto targeting is to the success of the game? Like, do you, do you think the game would be anywhere as near as successful or as fun as it is without the auto targeting as it is right now? I think uh, for 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 the casual audience or the regular audience who is not a, a challenger level like I am, I mean, I'm not a challenger. <laughs> um, I, I need auto auto target. I don't know if I would have the ability to to always select what I want. Like when I'm on PC, obviously you, yeah. I don't use auto attack. I just click on the the target mm-hmm. and last hit the the minions and and target yep. the um, the uh, the opponent champions. So I think it's just super smooth. And I the, to answer your question, I think it, it, it's crucial. Uh, for League of Legends, of course, their base game is 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 awesome. Mm-hmm. You have so much person personality in the characters. You have competitive gameplay, but on mobile, you need to have, um, in my opinion, uh, a, a neat auto targeting, auto attack. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think you know, getting beyond the uh, the auto targeting. Um, I would say the other thing that seems to make or break the game for me, and you know, I don't know if this is the case for for other realms, or or maybe I just kind of am less good than I think that I am. Um, but I've been like hovering at this like right between like gold four and gold three, um, and I feel like I should be able to get to platinum. That's really where I wanted to get to. Is up to platinum. Take the screenshot, delete the game, and I'm done with it. You know, old man can still play. Um, But yeah, like I go in gold four, and I feel like I get matched with people, and like we just steamroll the other team. It's like you know, thirty to five kills or something like that. I'm like you know, twelve and zero, and then you know, I get into gold three, and some of the match, it's like we get steamrolled. Like you know, I'll have you know five zero the the person in my team, but everyone else on my team has fed everyone else to the level where it's like I, I can't even deal with it, um, and. 
again, you get steamrolled like 30 to 10 kills or something like that. And I have most of them. Um, and, and sometimes like, I feel like the matchmaking is actually fairly even, and it's like a, a reasonable challenge. And I feel like those are the best games. Like those are super enjoyable where like I'm on par with this guy. And if I can find a way to like outmaneuver him or outfarm him just a little bit and finally get that upper hand, get that first kill. And then, you know, keep going. I just find that so enjoyable, but lately um, it seems like I've been getting more of these like matchmaking games where one team or the other is just completely steamrolling the other team, which even as the team that's steamrolling, I don't really find it that much fun. It's like, it's, it's not much of a challenge and you just kind of like go through, I, I guess I enjoy that really like evenly matched games. I mean, how's your experience been with matchmaking and, and what sort of impact do you think matchmaking makes on a game like this? Yeah, I don't fully understand how their matchmaking works. Um, but what I know is like when, I, when I'm on a good like winning streak, when I'm playing my one of my favorite champions that, I, that I've invested too many hours in, um, I think after like a, a winning streak, they purposely put me in a team that is getting smashed <laughs> uh, by the opponent. And... I think, I don't know, like I say, but the way I feel it works as they put me with a team that is losing hardcore. And if I can carry the team and win against the, the opponent, or even if I lose, um, like I have an outstanding performance in, in the match, then I think it automatically puts you in a higher, higher rank, higher elo for your next uh, next game, therefore, you're playing with, or you're supposed to play with better players. <laughs> uh, and also, when I'm on a losing streak, because it happens when I lose like four games in a row, uh, and <sighs> it's a disaster. I don't like losing four games in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and after the fourth, fourth loss or fifth loss, I am I am in a team when I just breeze through the the opponents. And yeah, I have this similar experiences you have. Like sometimes my team is like just going through the game so easily. I'm going through the, the opponent so easily. Sometimes the opponent team does this. Um, but I think this is how it was pretty much on, on PC2 previously. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if, if they improved. Uh, what they improved though is... Is, is, is the pace, the, the, the speed, how you match up. Um, yeah. On PC, I had to wait minutes uh, back then. What I'm saying back then in, in 2018, between 2015 and 2018, I had to wait for minutes. Mm. And that was, that, was, that was all right on PC. But on mobile, you cannot wait for minutes. Like your play session is a couple of minutes. Yeah. Um, and what is also good is the loading time that takes you into the game uh, that is related to the matchmaking. On PC, I remember sometimes it took just minutes when you were on the screen, when you see, you know, the, the champions <laughs> yep, and the yeah. rank of your team. On mobile, it's like, I don't know, less, pretty less, fast, yeah. less than 20, 25 seconds. And you're in the game. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with how the matchmaking works in terms of who I match up with and also with, with the pace that, uh, that I can hop into a game. Yeah. 
do you think matchmaking will inherently get better over time without you know algorithmic changes just in the growth of like ccu you know i obviously i, I think ccu in my opinion is the most important thing with matchmaking because if i have five 10 people on and that's all that i have to work with you know i've basically got to match them together regardless of their skill level if i want them to have a game and match you know in a reasonable time frame versus if I've got 50,000 people on, it's a lot easier for me to match people that are similarly skilled together, I think. Yeah, I think they, they have so many players playing the game nonstop that is online. And I, to be honest with you, I don't know how you can improve, like, like how you could potentially or how they could potentially improve matchmaking. Obviously, it would be cool to always have like tight games because that's when you can improve the most. And even if your yeah. opponent is a little better, it if teaches you a, a lot and it it gives you the sense that, okay, I still have a lot to learn and there's a challenge. And if you then win, it's oh, yeah. the best, best feeling. <laughs> yeah, you, you come in and you steal Baron at the last moment and you manage to get like a pentakill yeah. or something. So rewarding. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I love that. Well, you know, we've kind of been talking about the, the base structure of the game. I think those things are key to think about and to get right. Because I think, you know, if you didn't have auto, you know, selecting the right champions and targets and stuff, it, it, it wouldn't really be that playable of a game if you didn't have matchmaking to at least make it hopefully interesting matches, you probably wouldn't play the game for too long. So you got to have that underlying stuff there first. Um, but then, you know, we start to go a level up, uh, which is like, how do we drive more engagement? and more games and kind of a more consistent habit because, you know, most mobile games, like you want to become a habit, right? You know, come back and play this game once a day or maybe more if you're playing it like I have been. Um, so, you know, I think that's really where live ops starts to come in. So, you know, what's been your take on how they implemented live ops, both on like the new user experience live ops, as well as kind of like the ongoing experience. Yeah, I think if if you take a step back here uh, and then we move, I would I would go into live ups uh, right after. So just just the base game, the games are significantly shorter than what it is on PC. On PC, one game is I don't know, it can last up to one hour, but on average, let's say thirty minutes. On 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 mobile, it's it's. Uh, on a good day is between 10 to 10 to 20 minutes. And we just briefly talked about matchmaking and how quickly you can hop in and out of play sessions. Uh, and that's what Riot, Riot Games did super well. They understood they had to reduce the, 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 the play times uh, because the mobile audience doesn't want to spend <laughs> 40 minutes. Like just imagine holding your game, your phone super tight for yeah. 60 minutes, my finger would fall off my hand. Like it would just not, it's not, not cool. But now what they did, first you have a super engaging game. Like League of Legends is an awesome game, I think. Yeah. Then you you find the optimal playtime, play sessions or session length. It's, let's say between 10 to, to 20 minutes. And then you go into the matchmaking you instantly hit the play again button and you have three minutes before you start your next game 
you rest your fingers, you rest your eye, mm-hmm. and then you go on. So I think that without live ups, this game would already be successful and the players would come back. But to answer your question, like what do you do with live ups? Um, like how does Riot Games make money with League of Legends? Um, they sell skins. They sell sell um, customized look for for characters. So when do players buy these these skins? Players buy skins only after they have invested a significant amount of time uh, into into playing champions and characters uh, or characters. And that's what League of Legends is doing with, with, with live events. Um, what they do, I, 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 I've just studied the, the last event. Basically, they, they make you play uh, the characters. They reward you for playing uh, these characters. You get currencies and you get... Um, like custom emojis, custom, custom everything that shows that oh, I achieve achieve something, and during the gameplay, you just show off what you have. So, back to the story. Um, they make you play the characters, and the more time you invest in characters, the more likely you will spend on a on a skin. And uh, that's, that's the formula. With live event, they promote characters. And then while the event is live, the character is likely being buffed. So it has a slight uh, edge over the other characters. Therefore, they become even more popular. And when players play characters and they get attached to it, they will likely spend on, uh, on character skins. And that's, that's the long story short. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked how they had, you know, a, uh, I guess, you know, within the context of how we built it at UserWise, would be a triggered campaign where after you do a certain action, like you completed the initial tutorial, they kind of like throw you into this campaign that's not really like time based, it's more on like an action based. And what I liked about that, like first time user campaign is like I could complete it at my lesion or leisure. And as I did, I unlocked these different types of champions. And I also unlocked some unique skins that I could kind of like choose from. And like some of them at the end of it was like, you get to pick out of, you know, the five champions you got, which one do you enjoy playing the most? Which one do you want this like really awesome skin for? So like they really got you into this uh, mantra of, well, I've got different champions to choose from. I own them. Like they're mine, got that sense of ownership. Now I've got these cool skins that go with them. And, you know, along the way, I got a few like chests where I could unlock some new champions or unlock some new skins. And then they have these, you know, different live ops quests where it's like, you know, play a tank or bruiser a couple times or play a mage a couple times. And so like, they're getting you used to like playing different champions and different roles. So like, you know, I'm not just literally playing Master Yi every single game in the jungle over and over again, which, you know, some people might do, but I'm going to miss out on all that other progression for the things that I'm not doing because I'm not playing a mage or whatnot. Um, And so I'm encouraged to play a few of those other games and Hey, you know, maybe I find out that I really enjoy playing Ziggs and, 
maybe that pool party skin is starting to look, you know, pretty luxurious. <laughs> and I uh, really yeah. start to want it a little bit more because I'm feeling pretty good at zigs now. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like it's brilliantly done. Um, I was honestly kind of floored how they tied all the live ops together, even just for like a first time user, just like getting into it. And I, I would agree with you. Like, I think the game is quite fun and quite good without any sort of live ops in there. Um, uh, I just would like to add something and correct that before, before I said like the game would be just as successful as it is today without live ops. So let me just clear it up at the time. Like since the beginning, they are, they are selling skins. So that's that that's also live ops what i mean like uh the the game would be successful without live ops i mean the events but of course they have to maintain uh buffing and nerfing uh certain characters and then selling the the skins so that is also live ops uh but the game would be successful without like game events no, I, that, that's basically what I was going to say too. Like, I think you would still have strong retention and strong engagement without live ops, but I think you would have more of those players that find, I like Master Yi and I'm going to play him every single time. Um, that, you know, that's just the flow that they would do. And I think that strategy, I mean, it worked for their core PC game for a long time, right? Um, is that player that plays Master Yi all the time probably is still going to buy at least one Master Yi skin at some point because they want to show how super awesome they are at Master Yi. Um, but I, I think by exposing them to more champions and exposing them to, you know, the value of skins and other bobbles and things like that, it, it just connects the value proposition a lot faster, um, I think. Yeah, it does. It makes you try out things and they, you get reward. For trying out certain champions so in the in the time you're trying out the champion the new champions uh, you may like it then it's good for riot games if you don't like it it's still good for you because you get some reward <laughs> for uh for trying and then that you can spend it spend it on on other customization maybe skins maybe maybe custom uh, recall animation maybe an emoji that you will use to taunt your opponent when you kill. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Do, man. do you use the emojis in the game? Uh, usually only at like the the beginning of the game when I'm like running out with my teammates, and then I kind of forget about them. <laughs> do you know? Can you actually see like the opponent's emojis? Uh, that's a good question. I now you are mentioning. I don't think I have seen opponent's emojis. I don't think I, which doesn't mean that you can't, it just means something that I can't see. Now, something that I love to do in Clash Royale is uh, taunt the opponent yeah. endlessly with the different emojis. Yeah. Like that, I don't spend much in Clash Royale, but I will spend for like an emoji that I think is going to make me really happy to taunt the enemy with. Um, so I, I would say there, there could be some interesting emoji taunting that could go on in the game, uh, which also could result in you getting killed if you're not careful. <laughs> but, but you know, uh, on, on PC, um, we had multiple animations. I don't know if you remember that. You could, you could dance, you could taunt, you could say a joke. Of the, I, don't, I don't even remember. Like, there was four different kinds of animation that you could do. I don't know if you can do that on mobile. I don't know if you have the additional <laughs> space on the screen that, that can be used. That would be... Yeah, I, I remember that now. That was that was really fun in PC. I'd always, you know, 
I felt like I smited them back with Garen, and then I would just kind of dance there to taunt yeah. them. And like, come on, like, come on the out. One, the one, the one, the one hand push-ups. Or you remember that animation? Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe there's an opportunity there, and you know, maybe that's an opportunity to monetize because I, I know a few other like multiplayer card games where they make most of their money off of the emojis that lets the different players taunt each other. Um, you know, you gotta be within reason, but I think in a competitive game, it, it's, you can communicate a lot with an emoji, I think. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you can get the opponent angry, take their, <laughs> take their attention away, and then you... Yeah, you, you get them to make, get them to make the mistake, you know, yeah. <laughs> reinforce that they did make a mistake, which makes them make more mistakes. You know? <laughs> get them angry. <laughs> a little psychological warfare going on. But if you think um, about it, this is what 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 happens in real life like just think of a, a boxing game uh players down to each other and then then they pull the opponent into making mistakes so maybe there's a there's an opportunity for riot games to 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 investigate yeah a few few bucks to make okay so i have the um sensor tower pulled up for wild rift um what do you think of you know as a overall perspective you know wild rift so it looks like last month they maybe made well i i just saw an article since lunch they made 65 million just which is in this game because yeah. it, it looks like yeah. they made about 5 million last week per sensor tower in uh, wild rift which you know uh, i don't think is quite top charts but that's getting decently um you know with that in mind and just take a guess for me, like, where do you think that revenue is coming from? Like, do you think a lot of that is coming from battle pass or, you know, direct gem sales, you know, looking at the game? What's, what's your guess? Do you think, think the wild pass is wildly successful in driving most of their revenue? Uh, I think definitely. If, if I think of what they sell, they sell wild pass and they sell the gems with the gems, you can buy you can convert it into currency that you can buy uh, champions and, and skins. Yeah. So I think I think fifty percent. It's a split between the the the, the wild pass and uh, purchasing the the feature skins is taking up a good chunk also because. Um, yeah, these a... these skins aren't cheap. Like you know, I'm I'm on the skin page and most of the them. Price? So. At least for me here in the U.S., most of them are 990 little orb things. I don't know what these are called, but you know, five dollars gets you 475, so ten dollars gets you the the thousand that you would need. So most of these skins are like ten dollars a pop. Some of them a little bit more, at like thirteen hundred. Yeah. Um, some of them a little bit less, for like seven twenty five. Um, Oh, cores, that's what they're called. So the cheapest ones are 525. So a little bit more than the uh, $5 version. But if you think about, like, you don't just buy a skin, like we said it previously, you invest a lot of time into um, into a character. And if yeah. you see a super good looking new skin and you play this character nonstop, uh, I'm not like, if you are in, in North America or Europe and and in any of, of, of if you live in these countries like you i don't know the price what is what is the price of the skin in other regions but i think it, it's it's not not cheap but also not expensive uh if you if you put 10 20 bucks into uh, a character uh that you enjoy playing on a daily basis for multiple hours 
Yeah. Oh man, the, the wild pass, the way they introduced it, uh, you know, you look at the Timo skin that you're getting there. Oh, it, did you get it? I don't think you can get it yet. There's still 51 days left on the pass. I didn't buy it this, this time around. Um, but oh, I was, uh, you know, just looking at the way that they introduced the battle pass even. Um, and Oh, they, they hit so many psychological triggers. Like they have, they've got to have researchers on board that are designing this strictly to like engage with, you know, players at a core. I've seen them do this better than just about any other game out there. It just blows my mind. Like it starts out, like you come in and it says there's this exclusive skin and then you tap through it and it, you know, tells you about the skin a little bit more and tells you all the stuff that you're going to get with the pass. And, you know, then you can just click to unlock it. And then it just goes through, you know, what the price of that pass actually is and the bonus stuff that you get. And it just keys it in, you know, so, so crystal clear. Like I've worked with some other games where they didn't do a good value prop of like, why do I want to buy this battle pass? And when we made changes that actually kind of emulate this, based on the psychological way that we approached them, we boosted their battle pass revenue, which was where they made most of their money by like 50%. And Wild Rift took the stuff that we did and probably like 10x it. It amazing implementation just kind of blows me away. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're, you know, selling a lot of these. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Cause usually I see battle passes monetized really well at the beginning and then really well again at the end once players like realize oh i actually can go through all this thing and get this reward now that i've secured it i'll go ahead and pay the price so that i can actually get all of it um i shift between them so like clash of clans the reason i buy the battle pass is not for the stuff that i get it's all really nice and it's nice that basically everything that i do like raid wise i get like double the amount but the real problem that the battle pass solves for me in Clash of Clans, which gets me to buy it above any other game, is actually donating to allies. Because in Clash of Clans, you've got like your clan and they fill your clan castle, which defends your base, but also gives you troops for like the clan wars. And because people are filling up your clan castle, you feel obligated to fill up theirs yeah. when they're requesting it. But dude, it's a pain in the butt. You have to like, build the specific troops that they want and then you've got to remember to log back in and the the time frame after they're done and then you've got to donate them and you've got to hope that nobody else donated them before you so you're stuck with this like army that you don't want um and like all these hassles and then clash of clans like well if you buy the battle pass we'll give you one gem donation so for one gem you can fill any of the troops that people are requesting and it's just like one gem and it is amazing it's so good socially it fills that like need where I like, I need to support them, but it makes my life so much easier that I'm going to pay that $5. So I don't even have to worry about it. Yeah. Um, I would say that's maybe like the one thing that's missing in here. And I don't know what that social element is, or if they even have it. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that gets me to buy the clash of clans pass because I want it for the duration of the pass. But then in other passes like this one, I'm like, well, am I really going to play this game enough that I get all the way to the Timo skin? I don't know. Like it's, it's kind of intensive. Like I enjoy the game, but, and if I got to the Timo skin, I like playing Timo. I probably would want that skin and I would probably pay for the pass, but I don't know that I'm going to like commit myself to it otherwise. 
Yeah, uh, I think I personally didn't buy the the battle pass. I was playing. I'm at level thirty something on the on the battle pass, so I played it a lot. I, that's quite a lot of game uh, to yeah. put in uh, to to reach level thirty five. And I had the impression that once you pay for the the battle pass, you get the uh, the the Timo skin. If not, I think that's a great opportunity for for players to convert because. If you if 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 personally like like hey here's a battle pass, it's ten dollar. Yeah, because I don't know, because like to me it looks like it's on level fifty, and I have yeah. to get all the way to level fifty to get this unique skin. Have you mm. seen success where like oh if you buy this pass now you get this unique Timo skin right now plus you get all this other stuff that you earn over time yeah. versus having like the big thing at the end. I don't have the answer that it would work better, but based on my experience, like if you say, hey, whatever it is, like we just checked, one skin is about 20 bucks, one battle pass is $10. Yeah, so you, 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 you sign up for the battle pass, you get the skin instantly, get the skin. and then you get all this stuff after all. And I think that would, that would increase their, their conversion and they would, yeah, people would still play this. And if you want to be that generous, and Riot Games is making <laughs> tons of like they have so many employees. So yeah. let's let's make two skins, and one is available up on purchase, and the second one is at the end. So you yeah. you solve two issues: you create conversion uh, to the to the to the battle pass. And second, if you have the resources, just put another skin in, in the end, not Timo, like some other some other champion. Yeah. And then you're gonna retain people much better. That's true. If they offered me that Timo skin, I might have converted on the battle pass right there because and it was amazing because the battle pass came up like I I literally just bought Timo. I was like, he could be fun. And then I went 18 and three, like the next game. Like I just mm-hmm tore it up and it was amazing <laughs> and then the battle pass comes up with this like amazing timo skin i was like are you guys like you know <laughs> targeting this to me but because it was like to level 50 and i was like oh, i don't know if i'm gonna get there um but yeah had it been like get it instantly and all this other stuff i well i i'm enjoying timo and i want this skin so might as well get it and i get the other stuff and if i get it that's great and if i don't get it well i, I still got the skin probably at a discount so i like i'm not really losing anything so what, what is the level uh, that uh that unlocks demo is it 50 50 yeah yeah like i i think i play a lot on average i think four or five games a day since especially recently we said we're gonna talk about the game yeah. and i'm only like a midway a little a little further midway i don't even know if i would have time like if I if I keep playing four games, do I would I be able to get Timo? I don't know. So I think that there is an opportunity uh, for Riot Games to to increase conversion by by giving <laughs> by giving the skin right away. Yeah, I think it's also about like how you tailor your battle pass too, because like I know I've looked at some games where their battle pass, like people that reach the end of it, is like 20 percent of your players, which to me, I feel like everyone that purchases the battle pass should be able to like generally get all the value out of the battle pass. But again, it kind of depends on your purpose and like what you're trying to do. Like, are you just trying to cater to those like hyper engaged players that are playing your game 10 hours a day 
Um, mm-hmm. If so, like maybe that's a, a goal. I, I personally don't view battle passes as a monetization feature as much as an engagement tool yeah. of making it more valuable for the engagement that I do so that I want to do more of the engagement. Like, again, I, I think Clash of Clans is the best one that I've engaged in because in Clash of Clans, what do you do? You raise an army, you go and you raid other people's towns, you get resources, and then you use those to upgrade your, you know, buildings and such. What does the battle pass do? Well, it gives you the one gem donations, which is why I really buy it. But it makes it so that every raid that I do, I also get that same amount stored in like a bank so that at the end of it, all the effort that I did is now worth like double. Um, And, you know, there's other things along the way that also make it valuable, but it's like, well, I'm probably, I'm, I'm doing those things already. So by not buying it, I'm basically just like having what I should be earning. Um, so I might as well pay it. So that I'm getting, you know, what is due to me, that engagement value. Um, but yeah, I think it depends on what you're trying to do with your battle pass. So I don't know exactly what they're trying. Yeah. Like everything, everything is about customization, um, selling skins. And also I think there is unique, uh, emojis and, uh, like uh, recall animations that you can get on the battle pass. So if you want to uh, flex your new animation that you get only uh, from the from the battle pass, then then yeah, you can get like a little collection icon yeah. or you know a unique little thing to go around. A lot of what they're giving you is just like blue moats and poro coins and stuff like that, which. I don't know. To me, isn't that interesting? Because I already have like 35,000 blue moats and I'm not really buying that more anymore champions at the moment because I'm pretty happy yeah. with the selection that I have at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to me, the real interesting thing in the battle pass is the skins. Um, yeah, I mean, they do have a couple little emotes, yeah. which I think if you got the right ones, definitely could... Uh, encourage that engagement and stuff. Um, let me see if I go back to the photos there. And what they do also well with uh, the the battle pass is like when you end the game, when you end you end your match. Um, I think you have you have uh, shared a post on your LinkedIn. Like here is what you get, and yeah. here is what you could have gotten. And it's like five times more and five times more valuable. And it's like, hey, it's only $9.90 or $4.90. I don't know the exact price. But it's like, hey, this is basically what you lose. And yeah, they, they, they just doing well, uh, amplifying uh, the loss aversion feeling in the end of the game. Yeah. Let me see if I... I don't quite have one, but it's like... Yeah, they've got the the below the line where they basically like outline, oh, yeah, here's what you did. Here's your accomplishments. Um, oh, and here are the goals for the next game. Like, again, reinforcing like, oh, just, you know, play one more game or oh, I need to play another game and drop some wards or I need to play a game, be a jungler so I can, you know, mm-hmm. kill some things. So I need to play a bruiser, et cetera, um, which, you know, reinforces that uh sense of goals and, and where you're trying yeah. to get to but um no i'm i'm generally 
quite impressed with this game. What's what else they do? One thing that I think worth to mention that none many like many game does it, but not many game does it as well as uh, League of Legends is when it shows you after the match like, hey, here's your reward. But many games you can just tap a button and it it adds automatically to your inventory. Versus Riot Games or League of Legends, you have to go to the battle pass and you have to manually collect it, have the sensation of like being rewarded and on the top of it it's the half of the screen is promoting the battle pass <laughs> so i think uh, games could learn from that sometimes the rewards you collect aren't even the rewards you like collect a little loot chest then you've got to go and like unlock that loot chest yeah. um so i want to cover one more topic before because i know we're at, almost out of time here um I haven't seen any sort of special offers or like segmented offers in here. Now, I feel like there could be a huge opportunity and I wouldn't really find it that obtrusive of like, hey, you just played an amazing game of Teemo. You don't have any Teemo skins. Give that person a special offer for like an awesome looking Teemo skin and throw in a few other type things. Um, you know, that's just triggered after they have a really amazing Teemo game because I probably want to flex and, you know, show off that I'm doing really well. Um, what's your take on, you know, the lack of offers? Is that just the riot culture of it's all going to be completely optional versus making it just a little bit easier to purchase or to purchase at a discount kind of a thing? Um, if you just look at this game, there's absolutely no pop-ups. They want to maintain that AAA game, um, AAA studio style. And, uh, personally, I, I think it, it's good. Maybe they could squeeze a few extra bucks um out of out of players by making um like special offers like you said but um it would make the game look look different uh i think like i said just a couple of seconds ago they could they could make extra dollars but uh it would give you a, a different sense and 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 vibe of of how they monetize because what they what they do they just they just sell you skins buy it if you like it um they're all beautiful there's there's not much uh, pop-up going on in the game yeah i don't know like i i think it could be powerful like if you score 15 kills with lux mm -hmm. and then you can get the you know you've unlocked the awesome lux skin you know get the spell thief lux for you know 50 percent off or i don't know what and maybe they you know maybe they want to keep the value of their content so they don't do it that way but you know i think me as a player i would feel further rewarded by the fact mm -hmm. that i only got this by being really good at this champion and now i get a skin that gets to you know reinforce my flex but you know again maybe that cuts into the long-term value <laughs> yeah um it, it just it's just not what they do i think yeah i don't know what else to say to that <laughs> cool stuff okay well uh I, I know we're kind of at time here so i do have one last question for you because it is the mastering retention podcast and that is you know what's one tip or trick or lesson you've learned over the years to help uh, increase retention you know how do you keep players playing your games for longer i need to think i i was not okay. prepared for this question um so one trick Let's let's take one from from League of Legends. What what should you take? Uh, retention. I mean, you don't have to play four or five games per day. So, what what encourages you to play again? For me, is is provide the sense uh, 
that the, the play i don't want to make it complex i want to make it make say, say something simple but what makes me play basically is um it's just put me in the zone and it makes me makes me forget the world around me you know it's it, it's competitive um there's always room for improvement there is the the new highlights can always um happen yeah uh, during the game but i don't know if if, if is the right thing to say so it makes you feel awesome yeah, but so basically, make players feel awesome. Uh, make like play, make players feel awesome um, by uh, allowing them to have like great moments in the game, uh, have memorable uh, actions that they can talk to their friends about. And if you can create that sensation, then um, players will want to play more games. And there is a good chance that they will talk about the game to their friends. I like that a lot. I don't think we need to cut this section. I think this was golden through insights of, of thinking through things. And, you know, I, I thinking about like a game like Candy Crush Saga or Royal Match or, you know, games like that too. You know, what do they do? They create these moments mm-hmm. of hype where I finally set up the, the big bomb by the other big bomb and I get to blow away the entire... Mm-hmm all the candies and I achieve, you know, the final victory and it just feels so good. Same thing with league of legends. I, I got an S I got MVP. I was like King of the world. Like I did so good in this game and it felt great. And I want to have that feeling again, because I want to feel awesome. And I, I think that sort of a feeling, if you can cultivate that in a game, will drive people back to it because it just makes you feel good. Yeah. And if you lose, it's not a problem because you can instantly hop back into the next game and you have a chance yeah. to have could, a new highlight. Could be a next time. Could be that next time to yeah. have that experience, almost like you're doing the slot machine, right? You know, you lose that puzzle level. Well, it's okay. I can just use another life and, and go back into it. Or what? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, or, you know, maybe I finally set it up and I'm out of lives and I will just pay just a little bit so I can finally experience that moment that I want. You know, League of Legends totally feels like, to me, what you mentioned. Because this weekend, I just went to the casino with my girlfriend to, you know, explore, like, what are the new machines? Yeah. And it's League of Legends is providing a similar sensation it's when the, the slot machine is rolling, but it's like never stops for 20 minutes. Like, yeah. You always, you can always do something good. And it's not entirely chance-based because it feels like exactly. what I did, I'm actually the one doing this. And yeah, it's like rewarding your skill base. So I like that. So this is probably the longest uh, tip that we've ever had, but hopefully it's a good insight into how do you think about what drives players to actually come back into your game? And do you have those moments in your game that is such a high and such a rewarding moment that players crave to have that again. And if you don't, how can you get those in your game? Because I think that's going to get players back. It's a great, well, David, thank you so much for joining me for this uh, special episode today. I had a lot of fun. Um, I'm probably going to have to delete this game because I played it way too much, but uh, uh, Oh, really, really good prepping for this and, and super fun to dive in. Tom, Tom, before before we end the talk, if anybody by any chance watching this from Riot Games, please do something about the log button. Because when I play and I'm in the middle of the battle, I sometimes accidentally 
press the 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 lock the device <laughs> ah, that's the worst ah well hopefully we can uh get that fixed for you <laughs> love it man cool cool all right well thank you so much